0: Virtual live streaming online music lessons are here. Need to brush up on your guitar skills? Improve your singing voice? Remember how to play that old dusty piano in the corner? Well, Asheville Music School has got you covered. They teach students of all ages, yes, adults too, and skill levels, and any style of music you're into. Visit AshevilleMusicSchool.org to inquire and learn about dozens of
1: great music teachers. Asheville Music School is a nonprofit organization strengthening Western North Carolina communities through music education and outreach. Once again,
0: visit AshevilleMusicSchool.org for all your music learning needs.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Asheville Sound. I'm your host, John Lotterer. Today I am joined by Fred Lee of the Charlotte Band Late Night Special. And I'm here with Fred Lee of the band Late Night Special. Fred, thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, man, how's it going? Glad to be here.
1: Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, I'm glad you uh, reached out and uh, you've been checking out the show. I appreciate that. Uh, Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So Late Night Special uh, is a band that is based out of Charlotte. So you're the first Charlotte musician I've had on here, but I'd say it's close enough and you've played here several times. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Yeah, man. Um, we just uh, the band started uh, back in 2013 here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, we just released our second album um, that we worked on in a studio down in Charleston and another studio in Asheville, and um, we've just been kind of um, you know grooving through a lot of things here lately and um, trying to keep the music pushing, you know, keep the music pushing through.
1: That's right. Uh, which Asheville studio did you work in? Oh, uh, Nashville. Nashville. Oh, Nashville um, with an N. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Nashville. <laughs> uh, out
0: in um, it's called Eastside Manor in Nashville,
1: Eastside. Uh, Tennessee. East Nasty. Yeah. yeah, I know it well. Yeah, All right. Yeah, it's uh, some very professional sounding tracks you got on there, and uh, uh, I noticed it, you. I was looking at your discography. You got two records on there on uh, Spotify and um i guess the first record light of the moon uh that came out what roughly six years ago uh, eight years ago and you've been uh performing around the southeast since then
0: yeah man yeah we've just been kind of hitting the southeast pretty hard and um this year the tour kind of had expanded the touring expanded nationally but um due to covid you know a couple of those things are still postponed so but um we've just been keeping it keeping it kind of rolling local while we can
1: yeah uh, and the, the, all this stuff the new album came out in april uh and uh i imagine you haven't had a chance to play any shows since then right
0: no yeah we actually released the album april 17th which was like smack dab in the heat of that first month yeah uh of shutdown and um We just kind of did as much as we could online to keep it rolling and kind of getting it out there and uh we worked really hard on these tracks over the last couple years because like you said that one album we released back about six years ago and uh we worked on that with our original bass player he actually produced and recorded it at Mm. uh, his home studio Mm. and then um over the next couple years we kind of had worked at a couple different spots on this, uh, album we released back in April and we were pumped to get it out. You know, I hated we didn't get to do the release tour, but, mm. um, really happy to have it finally new music out and, uh, up for people to listen to. And we're actually working on a third album now. So
1: <laughs> yeah, keep that coming, So Good. Yeah. I imagine that, uh, on the other side of this, there'll be a lot of records dropping cause we have nothing but time now in the studio.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I've heard so many, uh, great things from musicians man from this already i can't wait to see what it keeps pulling
2: out you know
1: mm-hmm. and uh i imagine you're the the main songwriter of the group right say that again you're the main songwriter in the band right yeah uh
0: i am and uh actually now i play with another guitar player who is in the band his name is mikey marrero he also does a little bit of songwriting as well and that we're working on a couple of his tracks for the new album and um, it's basically me on doing a lot of the writing and uh, acoustic guitar and vocals, and then we have uh, two electric guitar players, Derek Fur and Mikey Marrero. And Mikey will sometimes just kind of play bass. Hmm. We'll kind of trade in and out on that. And um, then we also have a couple drummers here from Charlotte that we play with on and off. Okay, um, rotating cast. So. Yeah, it's kind of like this lo- rotating late night collective, man. It just keeps the keeps the jams going, <laughs> keeps the flavor fresh. That's for sure. So
1: and so, speaking of which, the the name uh, late night special uh, is was that is um, there a story behind that name?
0: Yeah, man. Actually, back when we uh, originally started the band, it was originally uh, me and a percussionist, Bradley Cannon, and we would go out to open mics like back at early in the day. And one night we were going out and we were like, what should we, you know, make our name as? And we were going under the euphoria effect. And I was like, as cool as that sounds, it's kind of not so cool. <laughs> so I was like, let's just go out as the uh, the Fred and Brad late night special. Mm. And after the show, I was like, late night special just sounds really cool, man. Mm-hmm. That's not a band name. So let's go with it. Let's roll with it.
1: Yeah. Well, as you know, it's hard to find a, a name that isn't already taken that. Is of somewhat you know normal words that are put together. You know, <laughs> they, yeah. I've seen so many crazy band names nowadays. Like people are making up words, you know, just to be original. So it's, absolutely, it's absolutely. always nice to find something that's kind of easy to remember and easy to say.
2: Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with
1: that. <laughs> yeah. So Fred, what's what's your background? Are you originally from Charlotte?
0: Um, I actually grew up right outside of Charlotte in a place called Mount Pleasant, North Carolina um it's kind of close to concord Mm -hmm. which is about 30 45 minutes right outside of charlotte Mm -hmm. and um i moved to charlotte probably about close to 10 years ago i guess and i've been living here ever since and just kind of really adapted to the area you know it's grown a lot i really like You know, grown with it to see and love seeing the growth of the area. Hmm. And uh, as well as, I mean, that goes for kind of for all over North Carolina, you know.
1: Oh, definitely. Asheville. To
0: be in, you know.
1: Asheville's seeing the same growth. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Uh, Exactly. Like being up there over the last five to seven years has been unreal to see it change because just growing up, I always went there as a kid with my family. So, uh, mm you know. Just seeing it, seeing all a lot of this stuff change is really cool. Seeing a lot of the positive growth. You
1: know, yeah, there are
0: pros and cons to growth. Of course, you know, staying on the lighter side. There's a lot of great things going on all over. So
1: yeah, it's, it's really cool to see that. Funny to try to kind of weigh the pros and cons because you know I grew up here, and I was, I'm part of this Facebook group that is called, you know, you're from Asheville, if you know, and it had, everybody's posting pictures of like old school Asheville and all these places establishments and things that like you know were awesome i, I love that they were around when i was growing up they're not around anymore uh but you know at the same time uh you know Asheville was kind of a ghost town in a lot of ways when i was a kid and, and yeah. now it's really revitalized which is nice and uh, of course with it comes higher cost of living but you know that's that comes with the territory right yeah, that's exactly right, man. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. So what's your situation there? Are you a uh, professional musician, or do you have a side hustle?
0: Uh, I am just strictly music, man. Um, I pretty much do music nonstop. Um, kind of a hobbyist. I have a bunch of different hobbies I like to get into. Some gardening. I'm a big golfer. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, that's about it. Just sticking to the music. And, uh, you know, through the, the whole covid era that we're in the 2020 covid era that's been kind of different but it's also opened up some new avenues for different types of shows Mm. um have you tried the
1: streaming performances yet
0: you know i did a decent amount of the live streaming in the beginning um when things started off and i slowly tapered that off and i haven't tried any of the actual shows Mm. now um we've been doing some social distance shows for big apartments and stuff like out in uh Just kind of in the uh, courtyard areas where people can come out on their balcony and kind of watch the concert. Oh, okay, that's cool. And uh, that's been a cool addition. It's almost like playing and I mean, I've never played overseas, but I would imagine like some kind of cool Euro like amphitheater style.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the audience is hundred feet away. That's got to be. Yeah,
0: yeah, and sitting around you, so it's really, really cool, and it's opened up some new avenues. Like I said, that that being one of them, but um
1: yeah that that is interesting there's lots of uh ways around this situation performances i've seen a few especially in europe that have you seen the one where there's like a it's like a 10-story hotel or something like that with balconies and people rent out the the room or whatever to watch the show and there's a stage set up right next to the hotel so everybody's hanging out on each balcony you know rocking out ten ten yeah. 10 stories of people you know In front of a stage That's (laughs) that's so genius man That's so genius Gotta keep it
2: rolling man People need it People need the music
1: Yeah we gotta get inventive In times like these Exactly Yeah Exactly So um Tell me more about your band Uh uh, Who are the core members Of the group
0: Uh So the core members now Are uh Me And Derek Fur And Mikey Marrera We are pretty much The the solid core We've been playing Over the last couple years Um together me and Derek, Derek recorded our first album with us back in uh to, I guess it was around 2014 2015 when we recorded and um after we recorded the album together I was like hey you know you want to start playing with us and we got what kind of got lucky and got a show at the house of blues like our first full band gig wow. ever. was at the house of blues on the deck That's down awesome. in Myrtle Beach and we were like okay let's go do it uh-huh. So we went and did it, and um, after recording the album together, we um, the bass player stuck along, and that was originally it was me and Bradley Cannon who started the band like just as a little two piece kind of singer songwriter, um, and kind of we developed this full band sound, and that's kind of where we started growing and, and moving through the motions, and as we kind of grew a little bit stronger. After recording, I think a year, maybe or two, after that first album, we got, we got asked to come to Nashville and record.
1: Mm. And um, so, who, who asked you I'm, to Nashville?
0: Uh, we had met some like local songwriters and producers who had just said, "Hey, you know, we like what you guys were doing." We actually, I actually went and did a write with some guys, and they were producers, uh, just local from Charlotte and um they had some connections with east side manor in um, nashville and so they came out to our show at the Visualite. and after the show they're like hey you know we really loved what we heard we can get you guys a pretty good studio deal and we'll come out and co-produce at, at the studio and so we went out and re- uh i think we ended up writing two songs and then we also recorded three of our original songs there okay and um just kind of liked what we heard came back sat on it for a while uh the band kind of split ways everybody kind of started doing their own thing a couple of the guys had full-time jobs and um just kind of wanted to stick with that and play ever so often and then a couple of us wanted to kind of tour more so we started touring more and picking up different guys to bring along and that kind of led to us playing bigger shows and um you know just getting in spots where we hadn't been before but you know and being able to to do it on a more consistently basis rather than you know once twice a month we were doing it you know every weekend of the month yeah kind that, of getting out and touring so um
1: yeah that's a tricky situation i know trying to find the guys who are willing to go all in you know and not just weekend yeah, warrior uh because yeah. this kind of thing you kind of have to be all in right
0: in a way man you do i mean there's there is a and there's a way and there's possibilities to always be able to juggle those two things mm. and um but it does you know make it really um easier you know if yeah. you do have people who are willing to commit the whole time
2: yeah.
1: But,
0: you know i mean it's what's great is there's just so many good musicians around the area and and not only you know here er- everywhere really that we travel mm. we meet guys that can sit in and play with us and they just do the most phenomenal job you know to walk right into a set and uh, you know heard the songs maybe the day before and just absolutely terrorize the stage and we're like this is incredible like, <sighs> it, it really brings a new energy yeah. to the music at certain times you know and not necessarily a better energy by no means but just just a. uh you know, a whole different take on your music, and you're like, wow, you know, I never even thought of it that way, but did you feel, y'all felt that moment, right? And everybody's like, yeah, you know,
1: wow. Yeah, okay, it's so you crazy. have so, you have side men in different towns that join you when you're in the area, that's that's cool. Yeah, wow. yeah,
0: so um, in just areas we've been uh, repetitively, we've met people and kind of let them join in on the action, and uh, if we're ever in need, they're always down to step up and help make it happen. Wow, but, so that's uh, a bit of a
1: collective you Another couple
0: there. local people around here in Charlotte. Uh, we play with Alfred Sergal, who's a phenomenal drummer, as well as uh, Serge Minotsikanov. He plays in another band from down here uh, mm-hmm. called the Bloodworth Project. And both those guys kind of rotate in and out playing drums, and uh, as well as uh, another guy named James Brock. Um, he's down here. And, and those guys like really are uh, the backbone of keeping that... Yeah, the whole train going for drums you know the rhythm section those are they're phenomenal players so
1: yeah three guys to choose from that's uh that's plenty that's quite an arsenal
0: yeah well <laughs> and the thing is is everybody plays so much you know everybody uh the i guess the hustle of being a musician uh as your only gig hmm. is that hey you've got to really pick up some you got to pick up some gigs man and, yeah and, uh, hustling you know staying yeah. local and stuff you know it's it's Easy, just to get with three or four groups and keep a nice, smooth schedule playing around town and
1: yeah, and some,
0: good, some good dollars, you know. So, what's
1: but, the what's the Charlotte scene like in that regard? Is there enough? Well, you know, in a in a normal time, anyway, are there enough places to to play to keep everybody employed?
0: I would say so. In the time right now, it's kind of slim, but even still, you know, what's been really cool is with the growth of Charlotte, like a lot of new restaurants and places have came in breweries mm-hmm. just hang out spots and a lot of them offer live music whether it's acoustic or or three-piece band or you know some brewery breweries are doing you know festivals or big events with with bigger bands and it, that's really cool you know you get to see uh, a lot of these massive crowds here in charlotte get, are, are utilizing the live music um oh, you know so the brewery scene the is same, blowing up there too Yeah, yeah, it really has. It's nothing like uh, y'all's seen up there, man, which is incredible. But, um, you know, it's still, there's lots of stuff like that popping up. So there's tons of places to play. Um, And we have great venues, too, you know, the the Neighborhood Theater, Visual Life Theater, some Mm -hmm. really cool, iconic venues here in town. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, yeah, one thing we really, if we could up our ante on anything, it would be the, the... music publication, you know, like how we're really talking about this, this music scene here and pushing it more to get more people activated
2: and, and into it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've, I've been to many great shows in the Charlotte area growing up, because uh, in A- Asheville back in the day, didn't attract really hardly any major acts. They all came through Charlotte. So uh, I would have to scooch down the highway to, to see anything decent in, uh, well, still, even now, um, a lot of, lot of groups that come through stop by Charlotte and they skip Asheville. So, I've been mm-hmm. down, been down there many times the past few years and seen so many great shows on the the large and small stage. And uh, it's a it's a great place to to take in a show and get out of town for a while. And Absolutely. I always enjoy that. And uh, it, it sounds like you guys uh, have been on the scene there for a while. And do you, what are you, what are the spots that you guys have played the most around there?
0: Um, you know, we've done, uh, a lot of the bars and breweries all over town. We mm-hmm. kind of did that for a good while and we just, after we released our album, we had ventured into the venue, uh, realm, which that just led to more bar and brewery shows, but yeah. also stepping up kind of through the venues. We started, did our release at a place called the rabbit hole, right? When it opened, had a really, one of their like top killer nights, mm-hmm. um, in the first six months they were open and then uh, got asked to do the visual show, which is that next visual show is where we got asked to then go to Nashville, with mm. the producers, which was a big step for us because at that studio we recorded at, uh, we're just really treated with a different, um, I don't know, a different perspective from someone, you know, before it was like a lot of my friends were like, man, you are good. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know if I can trust you. You are my friend. You have to say that. <laughs> Right. And then we went to the studio, um, there was some kind of credibility there with some of the people we were working with and, and just seeing that they had worked with the roots before. And, and, hmm. um, you know, just the way they treated us, it was, it was, that was kind of more so the decision factor for us is did we want to take this serious or not? They kind of gave us the reassurance that we should be doing this for a living. And we were all kind of like, still having fun on the weekends like ah you know that was cool you know doing that show maybe we'll book another show you know yeah and uh, that was kind of like hey you guys should tour and, and do this you will have a good sound mm. and so that was kind of the convincing when i went there but other than venues so we we just kind of keep going uh we played neighborhood theater before and uh we've happened to get into the uh the fillmore play some private events and we played yeah. um There's a new venue that is right beside Fillmore. It's called The Underground. It just popped up two years ago. Yeah, I think I saw that. And, uh, yeah, we've done that one before. And uh, The Double Door Inn, we got to play The Double Door Inn before it closed, which was really cool because there's so much history there. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. I think I've been there a few times.
0: Yeah, yeah, incredible place. I actually got to see Young the Giant one time there Uh um, for this weird private show. Hmm. Like... And it was uh, one of the most epic shows I'd ever seen.
1: Huh, really? And, just and a few people there?
0: That, yeah, it was probably fifty people there. There was probably like fifty people at the double double door, and um, I just happened to have a buddy who dated a girl who knew the singer, and we got to go. <laughs> and I was like, "Man, that is
2: insane."
1: Yeah, that's a killer gig. Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, listening to your uh, your records, and uh, I, I guess you, you wrote uh, most of that material. And uh, I saw you would listed a few of your influences: Tom Petty being in there, Bill Withers. Uh, who else would you list as one of your songwriting influences?
0: Um, man, it's hard to say. I listen to so much music all over the board, mm. and, uh, but some of my favorite people uh, coming up through the ranks were definitely like Kings of Leon. Yeah, was a big influence of mine. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, Young the Giant as well. Moon Taxi. Um, just some, some bands that I had seen early on in the game. It was yeah. kind of like, you know, and honestly, what kind of drove me and started me was uh like Led Zeppelin. I had a buddy who knew a lot of oh, Led yeah. Zeppelin. We would play a lot of Led Zeppelin songs, but mm-hmm. I would never sing before oh. um, when I was learning to play guitar because I only learned to play guitar back uh, like nine years ago. That's when that started. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, and hmm. then like a year after that, I ended up singing. But, uh, he, he liked a lot of Tom Petty, Ben Harper, mm. um, Led Zeppelin, yeah. uh, Jimi Hendrix. And we learned all that stuff. And I was just like learning to do the rhythm. Yeah. And then one day I sang, and they were like, What? What? Why didn't you tell us you sing? <laughs> I was like, I, don't, I didn't know. I was able to sing.
1: Really? You don't have much experience in singing before then?
0: No, I mean, I liked singing in church when I was a kid, but I always laughed and told people uh, this funny story that. Yeah, I had this one solo section one time and I'd like rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed in my room. And when it came to singing the song, I'm like halfway through and I say the wrong word and I actually stop and correct myself and <laughs> I yeah. keep singing it. And I'm just like dying laughing, thinking of it. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> and not much experience. And you know, I was like in this, uh, we had chorus in middle school and, um, if you were in course for two years, you got to go on the Six Flags trip
2: mm-hmm.
0: in eighth grade. And uh, I somehow exempted the first year course and showed up in the second year course just for the trip because my <laughs> cousin was like, dude, you've got to come with us. I was like, all right, yeah. see if I can get in course. And uh, we, I mean, hopefully she doesn't hear this, but we, we just lip saying a lot through the uh, competitions <laughs> we went to and stuff. Yeah. We were in it for the Six Flags trip.
1: <laughs>
2: But
0: anyways, yeah. turns out down the road, yeah, and I actually used the singing ability, and I was like, man, if I would have been focusing back in the day.
1: Yeah, because it sounds yeah. like you've been singing your whole life. It's a, I guess it's a natural talent for you. It comes easy.
0: Yeah, I'm, yeah, definitely. Um, I tell people though too, you know, it didn't really always start out. Even though people like you could sing, I remember the days where it was like. I could not do any of these things that are on the record and in anything that I'm doing now live. I'm like, what in the world happened, dude? Like it, but, um, <laughs> I, I got real hungry, I guess, starting so late. Like I didn't have to go through the trials and taking lessons at a young age or maybe getting burnt out, playing too much at a young age. And here in my, you know, my whole twenties was just like focusing on this music thing and, and driving that train and eventually getting myself to wear out. Like I said, I do this for a job. So I, I played, Probably 320, 330 plus shows last year. Wow. And 250 the year before. Like, I was just on this hustle where I was doing it every day. The growth was, it wasn't much having to sit down and practice it. It was like, That's hey, your you're job. playing a three hour gig or yeah. you're playing two, three hour gigs. You're out there whipping those chops and, like, just growing this muscle in your throat, you know, like yeah. you're making it happen. So, or your diaphragm, basically. So. Yeah. I tell people, man, you know, I I play with so many, uh, I have played with so many people who I think are really great musicians. And one thing, you know, I will tell them is I I think you need to get out more. I think you need to go out and play more. You need to get out there and stretch it and push your limits three hours at a time and see what comes of it. You know, like watch how much growth happens when you kind of have to perform, not just practice for three hours, but, you know, it's kind of like a game. Like we can go, you know, to a team practice and, and run, you know, half speed, you know, plays all day until we get the plays right on the court. But then in the game, you know, you're just like giving it this 110% effort all the time, you
2: uh-huh. know? Yeah. And,
0: and that's kind of how I am. Like when I'm out playing, there is no like, I'll just practice this softly. No, it's like, Hey, sing it. Like you got a pair, you know, you're mm. always singing it. Like you got a pair, like mm. straight from your soul. So
1: yeah. Singing is so physical too. It really is stretching a muscle. <laughs> Uh, especially three hours at a time. That's I, th- I don't think most people have tried that, but it's uh, it is really taxing. Uh, I know that from experience. And uh, if you do that every night, then you've got quite a quite a muscle there to work with. Yeah. Uh, so getting into uh, the difference between Light of the Moon and uh, Halfway to Somewhere, I was listening to both of them, and of course you can tell production differences. The new one is much more polished, of course, uh, but It seems like the new one um, is more like uh, thoughtfully composed and arranged, and uh, and I was wondering what your uh, reflections are on the differences between those two records.
0: Yeah, um, you know, it they were so far apart. Uh, I think we released one, the first one, uh, five years before the second one, and. Everything I learned, I guess, through that whole year. So after we released the first album, um, that was just, my friend was Rob Shoemaker, who was the bass player at the time, who ended up recording the album. He said, hey, why don't you guys come over and let me record y'all. You know, I came out and heard you play, and, you know, y'all should have something so you could get booked. And I was like, that's awesome. So we ended up recording, and that's when we asked Derek to come in and kind of get this band vibe going through that. And on this first album, it was kind of just started like, hey, Fred, play your songs you want to record on that acoustic guitar and sing it. And then we'll go back over and layer the drums with the two-channel wow. Apollo.
1: Okay.
0: And then, uh, you know, the, we just layered this stuff on, like, without any idea. Everybody was kind of coming in and putting these ideas on the spot. And I was like, this is, this is cool.
1: Oh, so you just recorded all your parts just to a click, and everybody just layered it on there later?
0: not even none of it was to a click man no click weird yeah you can and i mean like if you listen to it like super deep deep i guess maybe you can catch on to that but it's got a really live feel for what it was and then so then as we kind of started to graduate and uh think about putting some money into using a a real studio for the next album and and we've had a kind of all this as a band um i kind of started Just studying, trying to figure out, like, what, man, like, listening to these songs, like, yeah, I love that song. What are they doing there that I could add that to one of my songs? You know, how could I make my song have that kind of growl? How could I get those kind of things? I started learning more about production, and I met this guy who was like, hey, uh, I listened to your first album on Spotify. Would you uh, like to do a write together? He said, I feel like you have mad potential he's like, I think you need help with your writing. And at first I was kind of like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> you know, who are you telling I need help? You know, I was kind of being, you know, I guess overly copy in a way. Yeah. yeah, and so um, I go do this write with him, and I was like, whoa, that was incredible. That was cooler than anything we laid down on the old album. And then we do another write one night, and um, it's really good, too. It's like epic good everybody in the room's like man what is this this is like we have like 10 people come in and out of the studio that night and they're like this is crazy it sounds so good what is who's singing that you know who is this guy you know blah 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 it's like okay we got something cool going on here and those were the guys that ended up coming to the show at the visual Light asking us to go to nashville and so we kind of i caught onto this train about production music production and they gave they told me to go home and watch two documentaries before we showed up to the studio in nashville one was called the wrecking crew and the other one was called muscle shoals
1: oh and, yeah those are both awesome
0: yeah it just blew my mind i yeah. was like damn you know this it's so it takes so much uh you know professionalism and perfection to create these gigantic, dynamic like tracks <laughs> yeah. you know just crazy tracks And um, so I started, you know, just I was like, okay, production's a whole nother world. Like you've not even mastered guitar and singing, but now you need to start focusing on how are you going to help arrange this music so people hear it like you hear it in your head, because that's been one of my things from the beginning is like. I hear when i'm singing it i hear the backing track in my head whether the band's kind of playing it not i hear this thing that's supposed to be playing it
2: hmm.
0: like that thing and as i started searching for that i was like how do we figure this out it's, it has a ton to do with you know figuring out what you know you want to hear from each instrument you know hmm. and and working on this thing so we we thought about a lot more of that stuff on the next album kind of the layering of things and the style of how we did it. We did everything to a metronome, which I was so uncomfortable with.
1: Oh the really? Beginning. <laughs>
0: oh my God. Cause I hadn't done it. I hadn't practiced it. Uh-huh. And they were like, just go home and, and start working with these songs at this tempo that we haven't started or recorded it. And I'm like, okay, you know, and I got better at it and I started to figure out how that worked and, and realizing, you know, like how to, how to work tracks like that and then be able to go back and learn them, you know, live. Um, and make them sound almost like the produ- produced version, but even be cooler live than the produced version. But you know, mm. so it, I just like delved into all those things that I was like, man, I really, you know, if I'm gonna do music, I want to do it the right way. Like I want to do it like these people that I really look up to, you know, and just more and more, you know, ever so like you're saying, so much music's gonna come out of this thing. It is like inspirational just to look through the feed and catch those couple people putting out new covers of their stuff or, Mm. you know, just so much good stuff, man. So much good stuff in music.
1: No doubt. And I just
0: started sponging it, man, soaking it up, saying, hey, you know, wow, seeing live shows is a great way to inspire new new rights. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, mainly working with different producers kind of taught me how to kind of go at songs a different way. And that's, like I said, that would that would be the biggest difference in those two albums. Is the first one was like, "Hey, I'm hoping just to put this out so I can book a couple local shows," and the second one was like, "Hey, we we wrote a couple songs that I think people really like." And uh, nowadays, it's a lot. Like, you know, get into your get your marketing game on now. Your production game's good, so mm-hmm. now you need to focus on your marketing. Once your marketing's pro, like you can pretty much roll right through it if you've got production and marketing.
1: That's Those are right. Two huge things, man. So speaking I mean. of which, uh, you have some very marketable tunes on this record. Uh, like the first song, we're going to showcase "Disco," uh, which I believe was the the single on the record, and uh, of course it should be because it is very catchy. It's a really great uh, pop tune with really nice production value, and it sounds like it could be like a soundtrack on a movie or something like that. Uh, like a a rom-com or something to that effect yeah yeah. (laughs) and uh, that would be awesome actually (laughs) yeah and what was the story with this tune uh
0: that was actually like the first night we were in nashville we went to the studio and worked on our three songs that we previously had been playing live out and um kind of showcased showcase those to the producer that was in-house there and uh started the tracking for some of those and afterwards we got back and the guy who had invited us out the other producer and songwriter he said you know i'm kind of not satisfied with the day like i want to i want to get one more song tonight like let's sit down and work and i kind of showed him this riff the bass player laid down the bass to it um within about 30 minutes we've got this like, vibe going, he's like, all right, you know, who's ready to spit down some lyrics, and I was like, let me have it, and uh, he's like, I've been feeling this thing with Late Night Special, I feel like we just need to write a song, disco, you know, like, I was like, disco, you mean, like, the vibe, disco, (laughs) like, the, the genre, he's like, no, 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 just with the word, like, just focus on the word, and I was like, all right. And we start going at it and uh i just kind of spit out some weird lyrics for the verse And when it comes to the chorus i'm like disco disco and and, uh we kind of have find this sound out of that and um we go back through the night you know we work kind of through the night probably till about four in the morning i guess and um laying down guitar parts derek was laying down guitar parts and then me derek and uh brandon the producer and rob the bass player all kind of took some vocal edits We're like, hey, change this line to here, change this line here, that'll make that sound more cool, or, you know, blah, 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 bam. We kind of finish it in one
1: night. Wow, and in the studio. The end of,
0: That's... Yeah, yeah, well, it was in, in like a, the makeshift studio. The yeah. guy brought his his recording gear to the Airbnb we were
1: staying at. <laughs> <there. laughs> wow, portable, that was, cool.
0: That was kind of like another cool story is the Airbnb we were in was actually a, um, it was uh, the guy who owned it uh he bought the place off the royalties to redneck woman by gretchen oh
1: Wilson. how about that that's a Nashville yeah. story boy yeah
0: and <laughs> then he uh was actually a writer on one of the kings of leon albums oh and really so, like that was kind of cool to connect on that like you know just think like man like i said that whole trip kind of pushed me into thinking like dude you should give this some serious thought like and you know like like anything, whatever you put into it is what you're gonna get out. So, like, if you just like, you know, spending money to record and just you know play your local shows, keep doing it. But if you want, if you want to do something bigger than that, Fred, do it. Like, all you gotta do is put in the work. Mm. And uh, I kept running into people in Nashville that I was like, dude, what's up? How how what? How are we in the same place? <laughs> and I was like, man, that's it right there, Fred. Like you're in the same place. Like just do it. Let's yeah. go. And that's kind of what drove me to start working towards uh, this new music and stuff, and and pushing harder on every side of my musical career, you know. Yeah. I keep working on my jobs, working on my advertising, working on all that stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, this tune, Disco, definitely has some legs, and I want to play a little bit of it here for the listeners. This is the tune, Disco, by Late Night Special. i Here with Fred Lee of Late Night Special. Next tune we're going to check out is Don't Leave Me Lonely, which is a really uh, a cool reverb drenched tune, a feel good song that'll put a smile on your face, too. And uh, uh, what was the, the story behind this creation?
0: Um, that was actually um, the second song that I wrote with the, the producer who took us out to Nashville, Brandon Hart and we did that in charlotte at uh kind of the same ordeal he had, this guy had like a mobile recording set up and he set it up and one night we sat around i want to say there was like two or three people there one of them was bradley cannon the drummer another guy was israel gore who's like another local charlotte artist here and writer and we kind of just put together this vibe on this song, and we're like, okay, that's cool, and kind of just started walking around the room, kind of trading lyric edits, and kind of came up with this tune, Don't Leave Me Lonely, and they were like, Fred, you should definitely sing it, so we ripped through it in a night, and never touched it again, (laughs) and, it kind of sat there for a while, and we were like, "Man, you know, is this our sound? Is this what we sound like?" And I was kind of like, "Dude, you know, I was a part of recording that, and uh, Bradley, you were a part of recording that, and we, you know, yeah, let's let's put this out. It's a, like you said, it's a feel good song. It just feels so, so easy going, you know, like right out of the box." So. But um, we did that with that guy Brandon, and that was kind of what convinced me. I was like, this guy Brandon's got some pretty cool skills at like kind of producing music. He's got his own flavor about it that uh, hadn't really heard too much of before. And
1: yeah. I was
0: like, let's let's do something.
1: Well, it sounds like you're pulling it out of thin air too. He's kind of inspiring you to to find your voice. Uh, and are these just from ideas that were just spontaneous or did you come into? the recording session with any prepared material or how that worked
0: no uh, no it was kind of like this spontaneous thing that's another thing we we talk a lot about too, getting to the studio because we've been to a couple different ones and sometimes the vibes are a little tense and uncomfortable and um for some reason like it wasn't those nights we wrote those songs with brandon and um in the recent, I've been working in Charleston with another guy. Uh, he's actually a Charlotte local guy. His name's Ryan Wolfgang Zimmerman. And he's recorded uh, bands like Band of Horses, um, Susto, um, and other bands from down in Charleston, basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, just the vibe. The vibes are so cool. Like that, You know, it's just, you go in, you, there's no pressure. It's like you know, knew the guy for Years and you're sitting down to make some magic because that's just what it feels like walking in. And we're usually, um, we've been working on premeditated stuff, but it's like, man, going in, we get it done so quick and easy. Um, I, ha- I was having some of the red light syndrome recording, you know, yeah. when the light comes on, I can't do it. I'm yeah. like, oh, man. And he just totally was, like, talked to me right out of it. Hmm. Um, and, and, and into now being like, I don't really have that thought even in my head anymore walking in the studio which is so good you know get in there and get it done and and make it the best take that you can
1: make yeah what he do that to uh calm your nerves
0: and just kind of told me he was like fred what you know like are you still scared of that red light i was like yeah man come on dude stop giving me shit and he's like no man come on I'm like dude I, I heard you sing i've heard you sing these lines over and over he's like come on you got it and, you know, I was just like, all right, yeah, he's right, man. What are you doing? Like, And that's what I'm saying, more so being, like, kind of laughing, joking as my friend rather than being, like, uh, you know, upset and being like, what, you know, you you need to hit the line, man. Come
1: on. Yeah, wasting my time, that line. man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like,
0: can you run that back four times? And he's like, dude, this is the fifth time I'm running it back. And you're like, man, come on. I'm just, you know. <laughs> People just, you know, good vibes. But, you know, he, he said it was kind of mutual, you know, like working – working with him he's kind of said the same thing he's like I really like the way you work Fred you're not like bossing me around and we just get stuff like we knock it out I was mm-hmm. like yeah I mean that you gotta have those good vibes man keep that good energy in there to, to keep things rolling yeah
1: you also have to keep it rolling to save that dollar right <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> clock's exactly ticking right. clock's ticking that's All exactly right, right. Yeah. you want those stuff to get down that's right well let's give it a listen this is Don't Leave Me Lonely by Late Night Special Whoa.
2: the coast oh no oh mama may I if you say you
1: back here and fred lee from late night special the last tune we're going to showcase tonight is hold on which uh, is a really uh appropriate message for uh, these days uh with a, a theme of perseverance and hard times and this is a this is a good song to to listen to in the middle of a pandemic and give you some hope for the future and a really beautiful pretty dream pop production you have on this one uh what was the story on this one And,
0: um, that was one that we, uh, we did in Nashville and kind of didn't like the way we ended ended up turning out because we kind of were like, let's put this track down and if we have time to make it happen, we'll make it happen. But if we don't have time, um, you know, we'll just scratch this track. And so we, we laid it down and I didn't feel like we had, we, we got what we needed to get done. Um. and we, we went for it anyways. I didn't, just didn't like the way the version turned out in, in Nashville. And I said, you know what? Let's, let's do it one more time. And Charleston with Wolf, I don't care. I'll, I'll pay to, to do another day there. And we got in and knocked it out. He's like, man, the song's great. You know? like, He's like, you put down uh, these lines. And I actually did a lot of that one myself. Mikey put some guitar on it a good buddy of mine uh, Stephen Hall who plays in a band here called Swim in the Wild he put some backup vocals on it and I had another friend uh, Micah Cottingham she put some backup vocals on it as well but the rest of it me and Wolf just did together he plays drums so he played drums in the studio on it I did a lot of the keys and guitar work and um, did the rest of the vocals and we just came up with that tune and I've kind of been singing that over the years probably the last five years I've been singing that song I wrote and um just elevated it to what I thought was finally its best it's its best point I was like man you know this is it sounds so good you know I was pumped to have it sounding like that and uh I'd like put it down before a couple weeks before I decided to release it, and I put it down for a couple weeks and didn't listen, and picked it back up just to give it one last listen before we submitted. It. And I was like, man, it's unreal. It's out of this world. I never expected that song to sound that good. We pushed it past my expectations, so had to get that out there.
1: Yeah, it really is a beautiful song. Uh, I enjoyed this one a lot, and I think the listeners will too. So this is "Hold On" by Late Night Special.
2: is hard but you will grow I never understood exactly what she meant till I was white knuckling down the freeway on my way
1: back here with fred lee and fred i appreciate you joining me tonight and uh uh i know it's you know crazy times and it's hard to make any plans of any kind but uh are are, is the band just going to be focusing on uh, recording more tunes here in the next few months
0: yeah man we we, uh we're working back and forth uh from charleston doing studio days as well as all working on uh, material here in charlotte and um we just got back from a little a little coastal run. We went to uh, Hilton Head and then to Myrtle Beach this weekend to do two shows. So,
1: oh yeah, what, of, what were they like?
0: They were interesting. Um,
1: outdoors, I imagine.
0: Point. Yeah, absolutely outdoors. Socially distanced um, places we'd played before and saw really <laughs> no social distance rules whatsoever. <laughs> you know, people crammed all over each other. And now I was afraid know, of but, that. You know. There's a limit on how many can be in there. And, mm. and obviously everyone has to be away from each other. But nevertheless, it was it's exciting to get back. Like I said, man, it's it's, it's all about that playing. And um, fortunately, I, I've kept it going through this this quarantine phase, as you will, if you can call it that, whatever. But um, I've been playing a lot. But I've been feeling for my guys, man, they don't have the pleasure of going out, you know, being a drummer and going mm. out Solo and gigs. playing it an acoustic solo gig, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, so I feel for him and I was just been, you know, trying to provide them anything that I could. Um, and you know, we, we would book a lot of shows. We booked a lot of shows through April and May for this time and just watch them slowly get canceled again. Yep. You know, yep. um, I was supposed to be on a national tour this year with a, a, lantern festival and all those have been postponed. Currently Salt Lake city is on for two nights in September, but, uh who knows, right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. so up in the air, man. So I know. Just trying to ride that wave, yeah, and we're going to keep working on new music. We plan to have another album out uh, at the beginning of the year.
1: Oh, good. And, uh, oh, look forward to that. And, uh, absolutely, man. Thank hope, you for doing this again. You got it. Thanks for joining me, and uh, you keep the faith, and we hope to see you on the stage soon.
0: Absolutely, man. Keep it rolling.
1: And that does it for another edition of the Asheville Sound. I want to thank Fred Lee for joining me. check out the new album on spotify and other streaming services really great records so i hope you give it a listen and please check them out next time they come through the Asheville area and until we meet again y'all take care
2: starts in the mind and the heart continues in time forever as art and recording can either be tough and annoying or something that's clearly more lush and rewarding it's gotta be better than just good or great it needs to hit hard like babe ruth at the plate from rock hip-hop and dance music to blues or pop hard bop and swing music you choose as a working musician i can truly relate so let's rap about your project and schedule a date My name is Matt Williams, producer at The Eagle Room. I'm grateful to have helped so many artists create their music in this wonderful space where together we have the talent and tools to bring ideas into reality. The Eagle Room is an efficient full production recording studio with in-house mixing and mastering, high quality equipment, and award-winning attention to detail. Visit TheEagleRoom.com to find out more.